Hello, and welcome to Universal with Coleman Higby. Today we will be talking about megastructures. Megastructures are theoretical structures we could build to help humanity. We will be talking about two in particular, the Dyson Sphere and an unnamed black hole megastructure. I might talk about more megastructures down the line, such as the ring world. Anyways, let's start with the Dyson Sphere. For all of human history, we have been increasing our energy output. We started with our muscles, then to fire, then to coal and oil, and now we've worked our way up to nuclear energy. These monumental steps have let us develop as a civilization, but there's a problem. If we ever want to reach out and gain full control over our solar system, we need insane amounts of energy, way more than we can produce on our own. To get this energy, we would have to build a Dyson Sphere, a large sphere that encompasses a whole star to get its energy. If we were to build it today, it would be a greater leap in energy output than when our ancestors began to use fire. It would allow us to grow and expand on a scale we can't even think of. Okay, so what would a Dyson Sphere actually look like? A solid spherical shell around the Sun would be very vulnerable to asteroids and space junk, meaning it could shatter and crash right into the Sun. So, it can't actually be a Dyson Sphere, but more of a Dyson Fleet or Swarm. This would be a collection of millions and millions of satellites that orbit the Sun and collect its energy. This swarm would be much safer than a solid shell, but building it still won't be an easy task. The sun is absolutely massive, and even if each satellite is a square kilometer, we would still need 30 quadrillion to completely swarm the sun. We would also need to launch them. We also need a base set up near the sun to start building. Okay, let's break this down. We can sort our needs into three groups, materials, design, and energy. To get the materials needed, we'd have to disassemble a whole planet. Out of the planets in the solar system, Mercury is the best option. It is the closest planet to the sun, has no atmosphere, making launches easier, and is also very metal-rich. Okay, so how do we design the swarm? We want the satellites to be very simple, seeing as complex satellites are more expensive and much more fragile. So we'll want to go with massive mirrors that can redirect the sun's light to energy collectors throughout the solar system. They would have to be very light and nothing more than some metal foil on a skeleton. Now we have to actually have the energy to make and launch these mirrors. We would still need a lot of energy, and it's almost as if, to build a Dyson Swarm, you need the energy output of a Dyson Swarm. Well, we can make solar energy work for the first parts of our plan, so let's get started. We would want to make as much of the mining process as we can automated. Humans are very sensitive and fragile creatures, so machines will do almost everything. They will do the four tasks, solar collecting, mining, refining, and launching. The solar collectors will give the energy we need, at least in the beginning. We could start by launching some solar collectors, either as our simple mirrors or as regular solar panels. Anyways, these first satellites would orbit the sun and beam energy back to Mercury to power the miners. The miners would strip mine the surface of Mercury and give the material to the refiners. The refiners would then extract the metals and elements we need to build the simple mirrors. Then we would need to launch them. Rockets are hard to use more than once and are too expensive, so we could use a sort of railgun. The low gravity and no atmosphere allows the satellites to escape Mercury's gravity and orbit the sun easily. 
The satellites would be very compact during launch, then unfold like an umbrella. At this point, we can use the energy we are already able to collect from the satellites that we have launched. We launch one satellite, and it provides the energy to build another. Those two together make four, then eight, then sixteen, and so on. It would only take us about sixty doublings until the sun was surrounded, which would give us two to the sixtieth power of satellites, which is about two quintillion satellites. We could be done in a little over a decade, Mercury almost completely disassembled, and us having ungodly amounts of energy. We could beam the energy from the sun all around the solar system, allowing us to terraform planets, make more megastructures, travel to other stars, and build massive colonies. Some astronomers even think that, since it's such an essential part of a species' growth, there could be many Dyson spheres out there in the Milky Way. We haven't seen any yet, but they might be out there. Now that's a pretty awesome and crazy concept, but it's nothing compared to what's next. Okay, so black holes devour everything that comes too close, so that energy is lost forever, right? Well, not exactly. There's a sort of cheat code that we can use to get that energy. And it all works because of one simple concept. Black holes spin. I talk more about why and how black holes spin in episode 4, but I'm going to just go over the basics. When a black hole spins really fast, it drags space-time along with it, creating an area called the ergosphere. It is impossible to stand still in the ergosphere because the black hole's rotational energy is transferred into anything that enters. We can steal this rotational energy. We can use something called the Penrose process, where we enter the ergosphere, give the black hole some of our mass, in the form of rockets, and leave moving faster than before. If you have ever seen the movie Interstellar, which is my favorite movie, then you'll know this. They use this process to reach a distant planet. Anyways, this is one way to steal a black hole's energy. However, there's an even better way, which just so happens to also build the biggest bomb that could ever exist. So, to build this, we would just need a really fast-spinning black hole and a big mirror. The mirror would be a sort of dice with 40 sides called a pentagonal trapezohedron. Once we have our mirror, we would just need to open a panel and shoot electromagnetic waves at the black hole. Some of the waves fall past the event horizon, but most of them move to bounce off the walls and through the ergosphere, over and over and over. This is called superradiant scattering, when they bounce around and are amplified by the ergosphere's rotational energy. We can open some mirror panels and extract this energy. If we didn't, the waves would continue radiant scattering until it destroyed the mirror, releasing as much energy as a supernova, making it the largest explosion any living thing could ever hope to create. And with that, I'm going to end this episode of Universal. Please be sure to rate and send me any feedback you may have. Side note, sorry for not warning you, uh, the reason I didn't post last week is because it was spring break. Hope you understand.